Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, Tyvis Powell, Jason Lloyd. Plus, ba-da-da-da-da, you're loving him, Mikey McNuggets. And so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show starts now. Booyah! Happy Thursday, Cleveland! And all Browns fans and Cleveland sports fans everywhere, don't adjust your screen. No, Bull is not on the wing today. That's Mayor Bibb. <laughs> <laughs> we ran into Mayor Bibb at the Feed the Need. Yeah. Yes, we did. And had a conversation with him and said, we'd love to have you back. And he's like, let me know. I, I, I'm pleased that we got you on the schedule this fast because it's always great to see you. Excited to be here. We had oh, a good time last time, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're glad to hear that. We're yeah. glad to hear that. We're going to... I promise you it will be mostly sports, all right? (laughs) I promise you that. I asked you this at Feed the Need, and I'd love to start today's show with this. What's it like to be the mayor of a city whose football team is, has its playoff destiny in its own hands. It's a really damn good feeling (laughs) to be uh, seven and four right now with some uh, momentum headed into LA this weekend, but to see the Browns doing well, uh, the Cavs are looking up, I think too. Uh, so I think we got a good future for Cleveland sports. Yeah. What's it been like for you to watch? How do you watch on a typical Sunday? Are you one of those that has to be alone? Do you want to be surrounded by friends and family? Well, the last couple of Browns games, I've been on my couch <laughs> watching. Sure it is. Uh, but I was uh, at opening a day, which we had a, a really good, good time at the stadium. I was at the opening night for the Cavs, and uh, we got beat by the Thunder, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, but I prefer most close games. I like being at home. So, so I can I'm, yell at the TV exactly. by myself. So you are you know? a yeller then. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a yeller. I'm a yeller. Yeah, absolutely. I got to follow that up. Now, yeah. Does Does Mayor Bibb have to go to the ticket office like the rest of us, <laughs> or do you pull up? Like, no, nah, I I get my own tickets. Oh, oh so, and, 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 and are you, are those tickets by Miles Garrett? Like, do you get the Miles Garrett joints, like the ones court, right court by courtside? I, I don't say courtside, but. I get good tickets. Okay. <laughs> Look, the I mayor has to have well. perks. Right. <laughs> I mean, why else would you want to be mayor There's if it some doesn't perks. come with some perks? One of, the, one of the best perks is they get to park in the bottom of the stadium. Oh, oh that's, now, see, that, that is a, a game perk. changer. That, that's the best perk that's of being changer. mayor, by the way. Oh, do you have a camera like following you? No, like no. No. Nah. Nah. <laughs> that, that's a good idea, by the way. That is sweet. That's a mayor Fitz rolling in the stadium. I want to see him do his walk in with the puffy coat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, and we need the slow motion video, the 4K slow mo with the little. I can't. I can't pull the DTR fit off. Yeah, I don't know. That, I, I, I don't know, man. That fit was next level. It was it nice. Was. Oh, we saw we, a bowl in it yesterday. We debated the purse. Is it a purse? Is it a <laughs> Look purse? at this. <laughs> is it a bag? What is that? It's a merce. It, it, it is a merce. It's a merce. See, that's what I it's said. It's a merce. It's a merce. I immediately said it was a merce. Yeah, that, that, I, I said he immediately came with a small dog. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said, does that come with a white dog? Yeah, a white little dog, and it sits yeah. out the front. Yeah, that's what it is. I love that. So, um, I, I said that we'll talk a little bit of politics. Yeah. I think we have to because we're, we're, we have the mayor. I mean, how can we not? Um, you've announced that you're going to run for re-election. I am. Congratulations. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Before we get into the future, let's get into what your time in office has been like so far. Is it, is it what you expected? Is it more than you expected? Absolutely. And a job like this, being mayor of a major American city, 
um, during this time in our country and in the world, it's more than you can expect because a lot of the challenges that we see in our country from poverty uh, to violent crime to the complexities of what's happening in the Middle East right now are all on our front doorsteps right now as mayors across the country. Uh, but to be a son of Cleveland, uh, leading our transformation right now, for me, is a dream come true because uh, we have so much potential uh, to truly be, I think, a globally competitive city long term. And we have all the ingredients to get it done now. And to be at the helm leading it during this transformation has been an exciting time. You know, there, when I grew up, Cleveland was the major hub of everything, right? It's yeah. big. I grew up in Canton, Ohio. Um, and as I've grown, you start to see more and more people leaving Cleveland, leaving some of these places. Um, what are some things, that, ideas you have to, to get people not only not to leave, but get people drawn back into the city? Well, I, I think you're seeing a lot more uh, young talent choosing Cleveland now versus staying in New York, Chicago, L.A., or Silicon Valley. Uh, just this year, we hosted two major events, Forbes 30 under 30. Yep. We have folks from almost every state in the country come to Cleveland for that event. MGK was there, uh, Kendall Jenner was there, uh, Bad Bunny was there, really showcasing Cleveland to the world. And then a couple of days before that, we hosted the second ever Futureland Summit. Baron Davis was one of the keynote speakers for our Futureland Summit. Rich Paul was one of the keynote speakers last year really highlighting Cleveland as a hub for diverse tech and arts and culture uh, talent. And so uh, there's a lot of things happening that I'm, I'm excited about in terms of our transformation. And I think we're making the big bets now to attract and retain that young talent for the future uh, as well too. What are those bets? Well, the first big bet is the work we're doing with our riverfront and our lakefront. As you know, Dan Gilbert has committed up to $4 billion of investment to transform the Cuyahoga River. The Cavs are moving the practice facility to the Cuyahoga River. We are now embarking on a brand new master plan for the lakefront with the Browns, the Rock Hall, Great Lakes Science Center, really making that America's North Coast. Because one of the things I get jealous about when I go to Chicago, mm -hmm. New York, LA is they've maximized their waterfronts. We haven't done a good enough job of doing that in Cleveland. And I think with the investments we're teeing up right now, we can be one of the f truly first two waterfront cities uh, in America. That's a Herculean task. It's a and big it doesn't job. happen overnight. It does not. Take us through the timeline and what the waterfront looks like in yeah. your mind yeah. when it's complete. Well, I think every mayor since Tom Johnson has had a lakefront plan. <laughs> um, None of them have got it as far no, as you have. No, and we've been moving really, really fast. So uh, the master plan for the lakefront will be done by the first quarter of next year. And I envision this as a place where you could live, work, and play. New beaches, uh, new storefronts, new food halls, a boutique hotel, a place where you can play pickup basketball or pickleball but a place that reflects the beauty of Cleveland. Uh, because for a long time, especially on the east side, uh, the lakefront was cut off to us, mm -hmm. right? Because of that highway, sure. which is a model of redlining and segregation. Mm -hmm. And for a long time in, in the city, the river and the lakefront was a dividing line, east side, west side, black and white, right? We wanna change that and make our waterfronts a place of healing and a place where everybody in Cleveland feels they can see themselves in that asset. I know this would only be partly your decision, but in a new lakefront plan, does that involve a new stadium for the Browns? Well, we are in current uh, negotiations with the Browns and the Haslam, so I can't speak too much about it, but 
I'm committed to keeping the Browns on the lakefront. I'm committed to creating a deal that is fair to Clevelanders, but also uh, competitive to make sure we can keep the Browns in the core of our city. Do you get a sense that the Haslam's share your vision for a downtown future? Absolutely. Um, they really helped jumpstart uh, our vision for the lakefront with the planes they released in 2021. And so uh, we got a nice head start with their early plans that they rendered. And we picked up those plans and are running uh, full steam ahead to make sure we can execute this vision. We uh, go ahead, Chief. No, I, well, I was saying, you know, I go back and you look at uh, the Cleveland Browns leaving the first time. There was a different, like a delicate balance yeah. between, hey, we want you here, but we want you to pay your fair share. What does that look like, and is that coming to play when they are invested in Milwaukee? Yeah, hey. it, it certainly comes into play, and uh, my number one responsibility as mayor is to make sure that for the residents of Cleveland, that we have a fiscally responsible uh, budget. And I wanna do everything I can as we negotiate this deal to protect the general revenue fund, but I'm willing to be creative in terms of how we finance the renovation of the stadium, but also how we finance all the enabling infrastructure we have to get done to make our vision for the lakefront and the riverfront a reality. Yesterday on Channel 3, we did a story uh, that the Globetrotters are planning a trip to Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Oh, great. And we had one of their players visit the school that every year Channel 3 adopts a school for our reading program. And yeah. we follow those kids throughout the year. It's been wildly successful. And it's been very, very rewarding as a journalist to watch the growth in these young students as we've really put them under the microscope. It's a lot of pressure on these kids in yeah. the school and particularly the teacher. But yesterday, one of the things that really stood out to me about this whole program is the power of inspiration. Mm. And there was a Globetrotters player that came to town ahead of the team's visit to promote their, their coming to Cleveland. And he told a story to the entire school about how in the ninth grade, the Harlem Globetrotters came to his school hmm. and he sat in attendance and he said, that's what I'm gonna do. Mm -hmm. And he's living that dream right mm -hmm. now. And I bring that up to you because you, as you know, are a powerful figure in this community, not just because you're mayor, because you are that shining example of what you can do when you put your mind to it. When you were a nine-year-old boy, hmm. what was your vision for your future? And second part, what is your message to all the nine-year-old boys and girls in Cleveland that may feel a lack of hope, yeah. but there's a bridge to get to where they wanna go? Yeah, well, when I was uh, nine years old, um, my first love was basketball. Uh, and uh, I quickly learned in high school that that was not going to be in the cards for me in terms of playing in the NBA <laughs> <Right>. or <coughs> playing pro ball. Uh, or even a globe drop. Exactly. Or, or playing college ball at Duke. But um, I fell in love with learning at a young age because um, my parents were working two jobs. Uh, although they were divorced, uh, they did whatever they could do to make sure that we made ends meet and we made a, a way out of no way. And I would get lost in the books in my library growing up on 121st and Dove. And so the power of learning for me helped me find a new reality, uh, despite the fact that I grew up in a hard, impoverished neighborhood. Um, and I believe you can make it out of Cleveland and make things happen in Cleveland. You can do anything you wanna do. And there's so many countless examples of amazing people who have done amazing things that not only impacted our city and our state, but our nation from Carl B. Stokes, the first black mayor of a major American city, to now a guy like Rich Paul, 
who was leading the sports and entertainment business uh, with Clutch and his uh, sports agency group. And so it's so important that we show young people that you are what you see. That's why I dedicate a lot of my time talking to young folks, going to schools, going to ball games. I'll be at the Glenville State Football Championship game uh, Saturday night. They beat my alma mater. Two, sorry two about ago. that. Sorry about that. <laughs> but I'm pulling, I'm pulling yeah. for them all the way now. Yeah, making sure we bring another state football championship to our city. But we, as leaders now, have to do a better job of showing up for our young people and giving them that hope every single day. We're on a sports show, so I have to ask, and we'd be remiss if we didn't, but what was Mayor Bibb's NBA comp when you were a basketball player back in ninth, 10th grade? Ooh, I mean, I was a big Terrell Brandon okay. fan. Okay, nice. right? an OG. Right, so I was a guy who had solid dribble game, good court vision, but I love getting my, my points when I need to get my points. <laughs> you know? so you, you <laughs> score. Hit, yeah. I can score. <laughs> yeah, nice. Had a good baseline, Jay. <laughs> okay. Very nice. Still do. You got to get way. him out on your uh, your pickup games. I run in East Cleveland twice a week if you ever want to come right, out and play. I, I might pull up. Matt, wherever you're I might pull up. Yeah, please. I might pull please. up. I, I might pull up. That would literally blow the building up. People would yeah. go yeah. I just really go easy on defense because I can't afford to break or tear anything. Yeah, don't get hurt right now. You can't have that. You know, Mayor, the people of Ohio have spoken. Um, they had marijuana legalizing marijuana yeah. on the ballot. Um, what does that look like from an infrastructure standpoint and the financial ramifications of that being legalized? Do we have any any idea of how you know how that looks inside uh, the city and, and what what's going? Where, where do we go from here with that? Well, as you know, uh, when I took office last year, uh, we led the effort to work to expunge low-level marijuana misdemeanors on folks' criminal records uh, because a lot of folks in our city couldn't act, couldn't get access to a bank loan to start a business, couldn't get access to financial aid because of they had uh, these low level drug offenses on their record. And so we are now working to expunge nearly 4,000 low level marijuana misdemeanors awesome. in the city of Cleveland. But beyond that, uh, we are now working with the legislature to figure out how much tax revenue can we mm. get from yeah. uh, the legalization of marijuana. So Do you have an idea what that number might no be? No idea yeah. quite yet, but I know from uh, folks that I've talked to in Michigan, we were losing a whole lot of revenue mm, yeah. from folks going up to Michigan, buying legalizing, uh, sure. uh, buying legal marijuana. And so it's past time that Ohio and Cleveland gets its fair share. One of the, a piece of the bill, and I wasn't aware of this until yesterday, we did this story on Channel 3, yeah. was that, and it's, as it's currently written, is that actual marijuana offenders would have an inside track to becoming entrepreneurs mm -hmm. and owning dispensaries, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, it, it sounds like that's going to become very political and that may be stripped from the bill. What's your thought on that? That's equity. That's equity. Yeah. Um, you know, too many people in our country and in our state and in our city um, have gone to prison for far too long because of low level marijuana offenses. And they deserve their fair share because many of their white counterparts are making a whole lot of money on marijuana right now. Yeah. So this is all about doing right by those folks. It'd be interesting to see those dollars flow into some of these communities legally. Exactly. Mm. And exactly. how that might change the face yes. of some of the blight throughout the city, not just here in Cleveland, but in, in many major cities yeah. throughout Ohio. A couple of big issues that I want to get to before we let you go, because I know you're on a schedule. You recently made a very interesting comment to me, one that I know is applauded in many circles, 
about the gun violence in Cleveland. There's been so many yeah. different avenues to attack yeah. that. Yeah. And Cleveland is not alone. This is, this is a problem in most major American cities. And you said something that I'm not sure if it's completely unique, but I hadn't heard it. You looked to the parents of mm -hmm. these young kids, yeah. 13, 14 year olds, yeah. who are roaming streets with guns illegally. And as we've tried to solve this unsolvable Rubik's Cube, you said the parents play a role in this. Yeah. Any pushback from that? How was that received? And that I know of, I haven't heard many go that route. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's common sense. I think we can all here uh, this afternoon recognize that it is not the government's responsibility to raise people's children. It's the government's responsibility to provide the infrastructure for safety, to provide good quality education in good schools, to provide opportunity in our neighborhoods. And that's what my administration is working on every single day. But when you have hundreds of young people downtown at night, beyond curfew hours, without a chaperone, that's a problem. And we need parents and caregivers to step up. And if you're a parent or caregiver, and you know your teenager has a gun, you need to have a hard conversation with that child because there is no reason why they need a gun. And it's important that our parents and caregivers make sure they know where their children are. When I was growing up, my mama, my grandma, my dad, they knew where I was. Right. It is unacceptable. Strong. To piggyback that, do you... Um are you for universal background checks? For Absolutely. Us? I'm for universal background checks. I'm for red flag laws. I'm for common sense gun safety laws. We had a young child in our city uh, get shot in the head earlier this year because a gun was laying on a couch after the parents had a party. But because of our legislature in Columbus, I can't pass any common sense gun safety legislation that would have provided any penalties regarding that. That's all done on the state level. State level. And 80% of folks in our state want to see background checks, want to see red flag laws, want to see common sense gun safety laws on the books. 80% of Ohioans. And I'm a big believer in the Second Amendment. But the Second Amendment should have some limitations. I like the way you said it. Common sense. Common sense. Needs to, needs to prevail. Yeah. We have a light note that we're going to get you out of here on. But before we do that, I have to ask an airport question. Yes. This is a big issue right now for a lot of Clevelanders. Mm -hmm. I know you want to extend. There's been some goings on recently that looks like it might just be sort of a stopgap to get to ultimately where we want to go. Where is the airport yeah. project and what's the future? We are in current uh, negotiations with the uh, airline carriers to support the financing for the renovation of uh, Hopkins International Airport. As you know, uh, the, the economy uh, is changing. Sure. And construction costs have risen, supply chain issues, and so that's impacted uh, the cost. But I'm confident we're going to find the right deal at the right price point to make sure we can see shovels in the ground over the next couple of years to transform our airport. You're running again. Yes, I am. Everyone wants to know <laughs> what comes after that. Well, uh, hopefully I'm blessed to be reelected by the voters of Cleveland in 2025, and we'll see what happens after that. There is a lot of work that needs to be done in our city, and I inherited problems that we've been trying to tackle for over 75 years. Those won't be solved in one term, 
they may not be solved in two terms. So more to come soon on that. And check your email because we have a oh, mayor bib edit. Uh, I'll call it in one sec, but we're going to get you on a, a fun topic here and a weird transition from guns. <laughs> <and airplanes>. <laughs> <laughs> what would be a bigger draw for the city of Cleveland? A Browns championship parade or a free Taylor Swift concert? Browns championship parade. Oh. Right answer, yeah, by the way. Yeah, right answer. That's the only yeah. answer. Is it close? No. I mean, one would that's be big. Right yeah. One would but, be big for women. But, but my plea, but though, the Browns championship if, parade would be if, big for everybody. If, if, if Travis and Taylor get married, wedding's got to be in the land. Can God, you work that be. out? I got plenty of land for him. <laughs> plenty of land for it for a great wedding in the land. You'd have votes forever. Yes, hey, by I'll the make way. it happen. Yes. You know, you you mentioned we, we gave MGK a day. We might have to give Travis a week for that Listen, one. Listen, they, they, they would deserve it, and, and Taylor as well. Uh, we're gonna play a, a piece of video after you leave about Travis Kelsey yeah. and MGK yeah. on their podcast, where MGK makes an offer yeah. for Travis to come home and play for the Browns. And the one thing that stood out to me about that clip uh, was, A, the money's not nearly big enough. Sorry, MGK, I know you got deep pockets, but five, 500 large, not going to do it for I'll, you. I'll take the 500K of Travis. Yeah, yeah exactly. Give it to me, MGK. But what was, your, what was your reaction to what was obvious, his passion for the city of Cleveland? I really just love that. I think I watched it 10 times yesterday. <laughs> he needs to be an ambassador. Uh, I, I agree. And they, they really are. Uh, both MGK and, and Travis really uh, represent the – authentic, resilient, amazing nature we have as Clevelanders, and it's really great to see them on the, on the global stage. What's interesting to me is one day both will end up very near their hometown yep. in Canton. Yep. There are credible arguments to be made that Jason is the best center, not in the game today, ever. ever. Yeah. There are credible arguments to be made that Travis Kelsey is not just the best tight end in the game today, ever. Yeah. Could you imagine? That'd be great. And right here from our two Cleveland boys, humble yep. two Cleveland boys, Cleveland. Yeah. absolutely. Now you you know Bull was here. He was gonna argue with you on that one. I know. He was. Ah, Jay, he's, <laughs> Jay, he's top five at best. Top five. Top five. Do you have the tag board? <laughs> oh, I've got it ready. So right. Mayor Bibb, we mentioned earlier <coughs> DTR and the swag. Yeah. <clears throat> well, our guy Kyle Brenner is a maestro with Photoshop, and uh, he Uh-oh. sent us this during the interview. Uh-oh. So Uh-oh. what would he look like? Let, let's take I'm tag nervous. board here. Who wore it better? Oh, stop. That better not go viral by I, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. So shout out to Kyle. Viral. I think that's your campaign photo. New York Fashion Week. Here we come. <laughs> that's Let's great. go. Let's it go. It looks better than Bull. Let's be honest. Yeah, the bag you is kind of dope, by the way. Yeah, like look, the bag. You, you pull that off. With Bull, it did not look right. <laughs> yeah. You can that's pull that That's hilarious. That's great. Mayor, awesome. as always, Thank you, you, so you know much. we're fans of you. Thanks for having and me, And we fellas. love that you're a fan of the show. I appreciate it. Always an open invitation to come back. When the Browns make the playoffs, you have to come back again. We'll love to. Awesome. All right, great. I'll wear my Nick Chubb jersey next time, too. Yeah. Wonderful. The there mayor of Cleveland. Thanks, guys. Thank Justin you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks. Got All right, we, we talked about the um, – do you want to do the read before we th- show the, uh, the Kelsey video? Yeah, I want to remind everybody really okay. quick that okay. as the weather keeps getting colder, the NFL offers stay <coughs> hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet right now. And that's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is free and easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options like spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So you guys can visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. All right, great. Uh, we talked about that video. If you haven't seen it yet, it was, it was pretty entertaining. Uh, MGK on Travis Kelsey and Jason's podcast. Uh, MGK has an offer for Travis Kelsey. We thought it was interesting. We thought you might enjoy it. Take a look.
Kells, what's good, dog? I'm sure you get asked this question behind closed doors a lot. Oh, shit. I would, I would be remiss if due to the nature of our friendship and just as a Clevelander that I did not insert this question personally. Okay. I don't even know what's I will give anymore. you $500,000 cash upon arrival just for shopping or whatever you want, as well as matching that same amount as a donation to both of our high schools, both Shaker Heights and Cleveland Heights, as well as everyday breakfast and coffee delivery from my restaurant. Oh, oh if my you gosh. would just come home and put on these colors right here. And <laughs> <laughs> you mother, you know that was the original dream, dog. You know that was the dream. Hey, I'll tell you what, man, that is an intriguing offer. It is an intriguing offer because you know how much we love the east side of Cleveland, the Heights, Shaker Heights, Cleveland Heights. You already know, brother. Um, I'm not going to lie. Situation's pretty good in Kansas City. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there with a briefcase like this just for shopping. <laughs> <laughs> on arrival on arrival that shit's legendary man you already know um that was the original dream though you already know when they brought the team back like i i, I remember i think i cried in uh coach chadzinski's uh, like face when i was getting drafted to like please let me fucking play for cleveland it was like one of like the it was like one of my dreams to play for the browns but um my fingers crossed and and you don't have to there is no decision that needs to be made right now but just know my offer is real and it's on the table and I will. I'll take the season. I'll make beats in the locker room every day. <laughs> <laughs> you already know. Studio in the closet. If that's what needs to happen to get to make to make Travis come home and uh. True, man. Rocket, man. You already know, man. I'll tell you what. I'll I'll consider it if Jason considers it too, though. Except y'all got to split the five hundred k. Yeah. No, I get it. <laughs> That's just my own. That's that was just personal shopping money from my own from my own account. So y'all got to split that. You already know. You already know. It's heights. It's the heights. Cleveland Heights, Shaker Heights. We just split it five pieces. I'll uh, I'll see you soon, Trav. I'm sure I'll be uh, you know, I, I'll be sending you all the new music since you every time, dog. You know, I'm still rocking with everything. My my secret muse for for sending music and seeing what what's yeah. working. What. <laughs> you know the real ones that get get back to you, dog. You're the best, bro. Yeah. I appreciate you giving the shout. Uh, shout out to Cleveland. Shout out to the Browns. Shout out to the East Side forever, baby. Yeah, baby. Later. Later. Pains my it heart it, to it hear him say that that was his dream and he was crying to the Browns. Please draft me. Hey, man, I'm so happy, man. Like, listen, we really made a deal, though. Like, we, we really did get Kelsey, right? The black people did. Um, we, <laughs> Wait a minute, what? We traded Will Smith for Kelsey <laughs> in the second round. Oh, and his div dividends have paid off. You passed on, on Will Smith now. Yes. He we, lost we, his we, card. We, listen, we amnesty Will Smith. Yeah. We got Kelsey. <laughs> drafted him into the club. And we got a we got a potential second round pick on top of that. Could you imagine, and, and you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Nobody knew Travis Kelsey was going to become Travis Kelsey. But well, could you imagine had the Browns drafted him? I, I how played the fate it all out. of their organization would look differently do, today? Do you want, I'm going to read this off my phone because I, I wrote it all out. It's exactly how it would go. Zero question is 100% guaranteed. So let's just pretend they draft Travis Kelsey <coughs> in 2013, right? Yeah. Well, the Browns quarterbacks for the next couple of years were still Deshaun Kaiser, Cody Kessler, Jason Campbell, and Josh McCown. So 
he might have been decent early in his career, sure. but the Browns as a team. They would have looked better. Would have looked better, but eh, minimally better. Yeah. So, I think in this case, for the sake of argument, they still would have had the first pick in 2017. They took Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett's phenomenal. We love Miles Garrett. But because you have a dynamic tight end, you don't need to you pair do, him up with the quarterback. Do that. Don't so they draft this. Patrick Mahomes first overall in 2017. Now remember, yeah. they had the 12th overall pick in that draft too, which in this instance, they still trade. And they need a pass rusher, right? So instead of drafting Drabil Preppers, they take TJ Watt. Preppers, what a pick. So now we got TJ Watt, Patrick Mahomes, and Travis Kelsey. And when you draft Travis Kelsey, I mean Patrick Mahomes, Joe Thomas says, I'm not retiring. I got to protect my rookie. So Joe Thomas is still playing in this scenario too. Andy Reid is a free agent during this time. He looks around. He goes, I need a young quarterback. I like this Mahomes kid. Enough that I would have traded up for him in Kansas City. I'm going to go coach the Chiefs. I mean, coach the Browns. We win seven straight Super Bowls. Oh, wow, seven. Seven straight. You tell me they still draft Nick Chubb the next year. You win the Super Bowl from 2018 to 2023, (laughs) and we are still looking good. Had the Browns drafted Travis Kelsey in 2013, he would have been throwing to Patrick Mahomes with Travis Kelsey. Josh Gordon sticks around. He lays off the weed because he's so good. The team's winning. You don't need weed when you're winning. Oh my goodness. You still get Denzel Ward. He would have been as depressed. It's the city of champions. <laughs> Kelsey overtakes LeBron James as the most popular Cleveland homegrown athlete ever. The Browns have so much money from seven Super Bowls that Jimmy Haslam buys a house on the moon and leaves forever. And the second richest man I know, Jay Crawford, buys the Browns. Now Jay's running the Browns in this scenario. Jimmy Haslam's on the moon, and we just win Super Bowls year after year after no, year. No, I'm after not year. buying the Browns. That, you, that, that will go to Matt Colling. Did you, did you just turn Jimmy Haslam into Dr. Manhattan? He moved him to the moon. Little, I just moved him to the moon. Yeah, it's a little him bit. To the moon. Anthony, that was for you. I see you back <laughs> here. He was like, left. It was like, oh my God, that was a reference. He, he was the only one in this room that got the reference. <laughs> I, did. I just said I yes. Did I just laughed and nodded my head yeah. because I figured it had something to do with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, could you imagine? He, you, you said I, the best part of that was he would actually have overtaken LeBron James as the most popular homegrown Cleveland athlete. If you won seven Super Bowls, if, I think that's well, undeniable. That's, yeah, that's the, yeah, that, the that caveat, but yeah. My goodness. I don't think it would have been all that. But fine, I, think we, fine. I, I think we would have been relevant. Let's compromise. Six Super Bowls. <laughs> okay. And if they sign, Knock it down from seven. <laughs> if they sign him um, when he is done with being in Kansas City, just think. He could take all the direct snaps he can have. He just, <laughs> yeah, he can replace Harrison. He'll just be coming in. Like, we have Travis Kelsey. Why do we need to throw it to him? There is Why some not precedent. direct snap it to him? There is some precedent of tight ends, Hall of Fame tight ends, late in their career coming back. Jason Witten played till he was 38. Antonio Gates played till he was 38. Tony Gonzalez played till he was 37. When he's done in Kansas City, he'll be 36, which is on the back end of his career still. But there, it wouldn't be unheard of for a Hall of Fame caliber tight end to sign a one- or two-year deal with another team to finish no, out his career. I fully, even after he signed his last deal, which I knew would, be, would take him into his late 30s, I still expect at some point he's going to want to come home. He's going to want to put that Browns uniform on before he calls it a career. So maybe if it's just for that one last year. But could you imagine... Jason and Travis Kelsey, and the difference that that way. I mean, those guys are homegrown guys. Yeah. And am I? I know Bull would, of course, argue. He would say, <laughs> Mike Webster. He would. His veins would pop out. Yeah. The whole thing. It would be nasty. <laughs> but like, I don't. I think both are in the discussion for the greatest to ever play that position. I don't yeah. know enough about centers. I'll be honest. Like the old centers from the '60s and '70s. Sure. Jason Kelsey's as good as I've ever seen. Mike Webster it, stands out as one of the all-time greats. There's been a lot still, of great centers. Dermani Dawson was great for a lot Look of years. Kel- Kelsey has, Kelsey is good. Kelsey's so good at one particular play, the league is going to ban it. Yeah. And other Think teams have tried, that. and they can't, they Every can't replicate team has the tried. success. They can't. It looks pedestrian yeah. when anyone other than the Eagles run that play. It just, they don't. 
But when the Eagles run it, it there's no drama in it at all. No, it's a you know he's going to move the pile two Death yards. Death taxes in the tush push. For, for Unreal. And as far as tight ends go, Travis Kelsey, if he's not number one in your books, he's got to be in your top three, and it comes down to preference. If you wanted someone who blocked yeah. a little more and you wanted to say Gronk or uh, Shannon right Sharp now, or someone else. to but, do it for a little longer. But, he, but he's you know. on the trajectory to be on that top what, his, two, his three. His Chiefs have played in how many straight AFC championship games? Every year five? Mahomes has been a starter. I think five. Maybe six now. Maybe five six? or six. But Maybe every one. year Mahomes has been a starter, they've made the AFC that's, championship. That's, just, that's crazy. And they've that's never the played level. a road playoff game. Ever. They've never what? Played a road playoff game. Well, in the Super Bowl, obviously, it's neutral site. But, but I mean, like, they've Mahomes always is, had home field, home field advantage. Mahomes is 0-0 zero zero as a like true they, road team in the playoffs. I know that right now it's the Ravens, but I, I still think that the Chiefs are going to yeah. get the, the one seed. All right, I'm Mike, I know you got to do a read before we move on. So, all right. My name is Mike. I, know, yes. I don't know why I called you Mike. <laughs> Yesterday, I called Mike Anthony. Right. Yeah, he did. Right. He got to the best backwards. of us. Yeah. He calls me Earl all the time. <laughs> uh, but I just want to remind Earl. everybody, as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's absolutely no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com UCSS to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. All right, great. Uh, we've got to talk Browns quarterback. Joe Flacco. Looks, it looks like Flacco is officially the quarterback number two on the Browns roster. Moving past, as, as our friend Tyvis would call him, Phillip on the depth chart. P.J. Walker now the number three quarterback on this depth chart. That's obviously, there's still qu- the big question for Sunday is, is DTR going to clear protocol? He didn't yesterday. He didn't practice. Uh, we'll find out later today if he's going to practice today. It's, it's looking more and more unlikely yeah. um, that, that he's going to be out there. So it probably will be Flacco. Uh, I think the bigger part of this, we'll talk about Flacco and how he'll do against the Rams, but are you guys completely on board with the P.J. Walker experiment coming to an end as the number two? Oh, yeah, yeah, I was done with it when he was winning. <laughs> I just couldn't find the off-ramp. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I has got to win again. Uh, yeah, I, I, that, that's done for me. Uh, you know, I, I think they need to go get another quarterback. To be honest with you, I can't put him back out there like that, man. Yeah. Um, you know, the wheels and fell off on, on P.J. He got us a win. Shout out to him. No disrespect to him. I thought he played well against Seattle. Obviously played well enough to win against the 49ers at home. But uh, now it's down to the nitty gritty. And uh, these games all count. You can't afford any mistakes at this point. And P.J. Walker for his career, six touchdowns, 22 turnovers. You just can't win, succeed, thrive in any scenario of football, no matter how good your defense is, if right. you're giving the ball to the other team two and a half times per game. That's six touchdowns, that's 22 turnovers. There's not a single metric, stat, analytic, or eye test that can watch P.J. Walker play football and be like, that guy can help me win football you know games. Nuts. Despite the fact he's 6-4 and four as a well, starter, which makes no say, sense. You can point to every metric that measures a quarterback and say he's way below standard. And then you look at his win-loss record and you say, wait a minute, smoke and mirrors, how the hell is this guy doing that? Because wins and he losses He beat the aren't, 49ers. It's not a quarterback stat, though. Wins and losses. We get caught up sometimes. They get credit for it, though, yeah, but more was, than any other player. You never PJ see anybody Walker say— P.J. Walker was 0 for 5 on the game-winning drive against I San Francisco. Understand. 0 for 5. But he won and the game. Won. Yeah. I mean, but it wasn't listen, I'm not advocating for him to be the number two. All I'm saying is, you mentioned every single metric that measures quarterback play— he is woefully below average, probably dead last in the league in all of them. He's 32nd. Yet there's one stat, that, and, and this is the stat the quarterbacks are measured by. Ultimately, there's one thing. Are you winning games? He did that, and I'll never figure out how he did it, especially when you're, 
when you're at a more than three to one turnovers to touchdowns, it makes no sense. It's he, almost four to one. It's closer to four to one than it is to three to one. It makes no sense. And PJ Walker, answer. bless his soul, he's probably a great dude. His teammates love him, and that you do get points for that. He's a locker room guy, and the guys yeah. in the locker room clearly play hard for PJ Walker, and he's tough as shit. We've seen it time yeah. after time. Like he gets clocked, he gets back up, and that means something. But if you watch the actual football play. I can't get out of my head what G said on Monday. He's like a two-year-old carrying a sippy cup. And you just can't trust a two-year-old on a white carpet to carry a sippy cup. And no. right now, the Browns season is a brand-new white carpet. Yeah. And you can't have that stain or your mom's going to kill you. And yeah. Joe Flacco gives you a better chance of surviving a two-year-old with a red sippy cup with cranberry juice or something well, than you know, P.J. Walker. Y'all know how he did it. Like, I'm, I'm trying to – I'm going to really switch it up. Like, I'm going to start acting like the baseball guys. Y'all don't look at win-loss records for pitchers like that. No, but it's it it is you know it's the stat that's listed first for all pitchers. I mean, yeah, ERA is. is way more important. I look at WHIP. Yeah, so, I look at a lot of other things. So, but you are what your record says you are. That was famously said once upon a time by I believe Bill Parcells. Well, I, I and be- it's true. I believe it's part, it's part of that. You but you can look at it and you say, how does it happen? Well, look, in baseball, you can have a couple rough outings. You can give up a lot of hits. But your team gives you run support, right? You just you just happen. It was, and then it you, was the Cal Quantrill effect, right? Was, absolutely yeah. happened to Cal a couple years ago. And he could the, lose. And then you were like, you look at you look at the lineup. The lineup overall might not be powerful or, or have run support, but you're like, every fourth day they get nine runs for this guy, like <laughs> and get one for Shane Bieber. Yeah. And get one. So so when you PJ Walker and you mess around and your defense is pitching shutouts. And you, you, you happen to get some splash plays, and, and all of a sudden the referees give the Browns some calls. You look, you look mighty good with the win loss record. The Browns? What's his record in, in games that he has started with the Browns? Two so he one? beat San Francisco. Yeah. I, I give him, to, he lost to Seattle, but Seattle. I, I give him the, the win in Indianapolis. Colts. Colts he didn't technically he start, the bulk but he played. Of the snaps. But once again, and, and once again, I don't want to take anything away from PJ. Two and one's two and one. But right. they got a couple calls late on the Indy drive. Oh, they benefited did. them. Now, both he of those was, wins. The San Francisco yeah. thing, obviously, the Niners missed a late field goal. Here's, here's what gives me real hope for the season moving forward. The formula outside of the quarterback is, for the most part, what it is. They were all doing it without Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. P.J. did it with a banged-up line. We're still going to have a banged-up line. The defense is still there. Yes, there are some dings on that defense, but it's getting late. Everybody has those. To me, my my silver lining in all of this is if P.J. Walker, with everything else around him, can go 2-1 and one, and the victories are against teams with winning records that are both in, in playoff playoffs, hunts, yeah. I love their chances against Houston, Jacksonville, the Rams, moving forward with a Joe Flacco or at least DTR. They, he's proven if he's good enough to win with all these other moving parts, there's no reason DTR and Joe Flacco can't win as well. And if, and if you know, Kevin Stefanski wants to just do what he does, you know, every other game he decides to throw the ball 50 times. I'm going to tell you what. I'd rather have Joe Flacco throwing the ball 50 times than, than DTR and PJ Walker. Because at least you know, McNuggets, he's not going to be fooled. Yeah. Like, you, you're not going to see when when Joe Flacco's playing, oh, wow, what was he looking at? That? I didn't see that. That one. He really wants that throwback. You're <laughs> right. not going to hear that. Like, yeah. he, he, you know, he might be checked down Charlie, but if you want to throw the ball 40 times, the game plan looks a lot better. I bet you Amari Cooper is excited. Well, and, there, and there's two things. So, one, 
we had Leroy Horton yesterday who said a veteran quarterback wouldn't get fooled by the Broncos showing eight in the box and then just dropping right. a guy out. Right. And that's probably why if Stefanski gave him a run-pass option, it was so pass-heavy. He got, I don't want to say confused because I, I don't know exactly what he was looking at, but the Broncos definitely deceived him into passing the ball more frequently than running. Joe Flacco's seen everything out of the book. He's been in the yeah. league for 18 years. He's not, not going to be disguised or, or fooled by that. Secondly, most normal people spend their afternoons doing stuff productively. Well, yesterday I was waiting on my boy Jimmy to get in, so I watched three games of the All-22 tape from Flacco last year with the Jets. When he has time to plant his feet and throw the ball, he's still okay. Like his arm strength isn't what it used to be in 2012 or 2013, but he's still got a good arm. He showed touch on some passes with the Jets. Numbers weren't great. His last touchdown pass was against the Browns. He didn't throw a touchdown in his final two games. What worries me about Flacco is as soon as he had to get off-platform, if it yeah. wasn't a perfect pocket, if You're he in had trouble. to— he went from being passable to not very good, and that's why he ended up getting benched. The Jets' offensive line last year was an atrocity, and Flacco was a sitting duck back there, and they decided our best chance to win isn't with Flacco running for his life. It was with Zach Wilson or somebody else. If the line can't hold up, then Joe Flacco's in trouble, but so is P.J. Walker. So is DTR, and so is Deshaun Watson. Yeah, but with those guys, they had options. A little more mobility. They could extend plays. They were more mobile, and... In the case of DTR and for sure Deshaun Watson, way more mobile. They yeah. can just make the yeah. option to I'm not going to throw it. I'm going to run it and oftentimes get a first down. With Joe Flacco, when that pocket breaks, the play's over. Yeah. And with the line being in the shape that it's in right now, and the way that certain players were exposed last week that maybe had been looking okay prior to that, that's my biggest fear in yeah. this game. My biggest fear is if you ask Joe Flacco to drop back 30 times and stand still. It's not going to end well. I, to, to your point, you have to run the ball early and often. It's critical that they don't dig themselves another 14-point lead. Game Coming over. from behind with this line and Joe Flacco is almost a death sentence, an impossible yeah. task. It's just not going to happen. And Joe Flacco plan makes Kevin Stefanski be disciplined. As a play caller, he like he sometimes when you got guys that can move around and dance and make some plays with their feet. You're like, okay, it's not that bad. If it's, you know, he's thinking like we just said. If it's nothing there, pull it down and run. Yeah. But now you got Joe Flacco. That option is off the table. So now you need to be disciplined and say, I, I know we're not getting what we need to get um, for the run game, um, but I want to continue to go back at it so we can give ourselves a chance to be above the sticks. And by the way, Kevin, listen, listen, it's not no harm. Can we see some Pierre Strong? Can we? Well, just one time. I on straight runs, not just, just not, not razzle dazzle sweeps and man. So you know, and I don't want to throw this out there, but they, it, this this happens a lot, man. I, I we know you drafted, we know you drafted him, right? Ford. You, we know you drafted Ford, right? There's so many times where Dale will go to the the they'll die on that hill because we drafted a guy, we thought he was going to be the backup for Nick Chubb, when obviously. He has a bunch of, of negative plays. We we went the graph up. Was it yeah. yesterday? You know, when you have a negative run plays and you can't stay in front of the sticks, uh, I think they're enamored with the home run ability a little bit. Like, he hit a couple home runs against the Steelers. He ran a, against the Colts, a Seahawks, right? So, he's living on a prayer. He's living on his past, bro. Like, he's living on them old, old press clippings. I would like to see Pierre Strong because I think he has a, a, a more conducive running style to what you got to do 
And that's run the ball and stay ahead of the sticks. Ford was better against Denver. I mean, he averaged seven yards a carry, yes. which is what was so baffling as to why they didn't run the ball more in that game. One thing I am interested to see with Flacco versus DTR, or if it was Walker, Flacco can let it rip, but D- we know DTR from three feet away is throwing a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. Yeah. And that's led to – I don't want to blame it all on DTR or the receivers. It's some combination. Been a ton of drops the last couple of weeks. Way Flacco throws a much more – I'll say catchable ball, which probably isn't the right way to phrase it, but hopefully that helps Njoku more. Even Cooper's dropped a couple. Get them back on track. And one thing we haven't seen all season from the Browns, and, gee, if you can think of an an instance when this happened, let me know. What if the Browns run a go route or some deep shot and got called for a pass interference on the other team? Is it like like just like Well, we've only run a handful of go routes. Well, Um, Joe Flacco may be his best asset is underthrowing deep balls and having his receiver have to stop and get in the pass interference call. Yeah. If they don't at least dial up one, I'm going to lose my mind on some fancy game Mar- on Monday. Marquise Goodwin is still in protocol. Yeah, he right? didn't practice Did not yesterday. practice again no. yesterday. Well, since I don't care who you sent deep. Send someone. Uh, Mark, Mark Cooper, Tennessee. They got a pass interference. They did. He had to stop, yeah, and yeah. the defensive back ran yeah. into him. Yeah. And that's yeah. what Joe Flacco has done for his career almost better than anyone else. It's, yeah. not, it's not even a skill. It's probably just bad throws that have worked out in his favor. But I need to see them try to go deep. At least stretch the defense so that they're not putting eight guys in the keep box. Keep them again. honest, even if you're yeah. just wasting a play. Throw it out of bounds. You, you know, keep an uncatchable I, ball. I just. love to do that on second and one. Yeah, when yeah. you get that eight, nine yard pickup on first down, the playbook is wide open. You want to send a message to the back end of that defense that you're going to try to take the top off of it. Second and one, second and two, dial up a long ball, keep them honest, keep the safeties from peeking into the backfield to try to help with run support. I don't know. I wish we had a guy that was a true deep threat. We, that's, we don't have one. What is it more likely that you're going to see a game where Joe Flacco, you'd be like, oh, my goodness, Joe Flacco's balling, or, oh, goodness, this is bad? Yeah. Which is more likely? That he's balling? Because I, I went back to the Jets game and watched the highlights. I didn't watch the All-22 or the whole game. I watched the highlights, and what I saw from the highlights of that game it was great. Was Joe Flacco can still throw throw a yeah. really good deep ball. Yeah. yeah, and and he made great decisions. He saw where the Browns' defense was in a breakdown before it happened, just by their alignment, and he called that number and he checked into some plays and he made some big throws. If you think about the last two drives that the Jets had, it was a deep ball to Corey Davis. That there was a complete breakdown by yeah. the Browns, but he saw it. Garrett you know, Wilson I don't know that a young quarterback well, yeah. necessarily sees that. So, I mean, if we can get that, Joe Flacco, and there's something to be said, too, for a guy sitting on the couch for nine weeks and thinking that, He's oh, fresh. my God, I'm never going to get my hands on an NFL football again. That's the Kareem Hunt You say something all the time that is so true, and I used to have these dreams a lot when I first quit playing baseball. I used to have the, my recurring dream was I was putting my uniform on, and I was in the bullpen, getting loose, getting ready for a start. And I would wake up, and I would be depressed. Oh! Because I'd be like, "That's I'm never, never. going to have that again." I didn't know and you played baseball. You wake well, up. I did. I, I wake what, up in tears almost. Yes. I, I mean, it, you felt like you could cry. Yeah. And when I first discovered my first amateur adult baseball league, <laughs> he's like, "It's back." I'm like, "Wait a minute! I'm, I'm going to go out and try this out." Right. I don't know what the competition's going to look like, but that first time I put a uniform on that had been over eight years, I felt like I was 12 years old again. And, and you've got to imagine Joe Flacco stepping out onto that SoFi field Sunday afternoon. He's going to feel like he did the very first time he stepped on an NFL field again. And hopefully, 
he can manifest that in to a, a really nice performance. Rejuvenated. Yeah. yeah. Something about that second chance. It is. And for him, I know it's more like a third or fourth chance. Same but premise. This is the chance he probably more than any yeah. other thought would never come. And he he did now because they didn't they didn't give him a call. He said, I thought I had something left. I didn't get a call. He said the phone didn't the ring. The phone didn't ring. Yeah. And so now when he going out, every single practice rep, every single meeting, he's this locked might be in. It. And he's sitting there thinking, what a way to go out. What a, I could get me back. I got a defense. I got yeah. to get back into the playoffs. Go make a run. I guarantee he's talking look, to some old guys We haven't right talked now. much about this. Aditi's coming on and we will with her. But we had talked about the fact that DTR balling out would mean that he would have the job. Mm-hmm. But if Joe Flacco goes bananas Sunday, it's his job. Oh, it's his we've job. got a question on our hands. No, it's not a question. question. DTR, listen, yeah, we'll see it's season, dog. Well, yesterday it was he's number two on the depth chart. So I, if he plays well enough for me, it's his job. He can win this job. It, if he plays well, it's his job till it's not anymore. And there's a certain thing about a calming effect of somebody who's. We, we we skip over this. He knows the AFC North like the back of his head. It was his division. He's won big games in Cleveland, and he's won a Super Bowl, yeah. and he's got hot before. There's value. Yeah. In that. There's value when you come in into the, the into the uh, you know the huddle and you say we go run this play. You're not just Joe Flacco. They're looking at you like, oh, this dude won a Super Bowl. Right. And I know that our, most of our viewers don't remember this. Uh, I barely remember it, but when the Dolphins had the last undefeated season Mm -hmm. in the NFL, Bob Greasy went down uh, about two-thirds of the way through the season, and everybody in the NFL thought, well, there goes their perfect season. Even though they had a really good running game then, I don't think anybody thought that Earl Morrill was going to come in and maintain that perfection and take it all the way to a Super Bowl victory. Not saying that that's going to happen here with Joe Flacco, but there is precedent. But it could. And you know who has a common voice as well? Not just Joe Flacco. Yeah. But Anthony, who's going to welcome us with Aditi. Very calming voice. Yeah, and before I uh, bring Aditi in, I just want to remind all of you guys that today is a full day of content from UCSS. When we're done here, you can come back later this afternoon for the barbershop. Nice. And a special pre-recorded episode of Behind the Glass that Mike Earl and I Dang. taped earlier. Good. So we got content Briefer. all day from 11 till like 5 o'clock. It's like the UCSS network. Yeah, it really is. is, yeah. We're adding programs like crazy. 